Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Jess Chatting Podcast. I am literally so nervous. I was literally before Victoria jumped on the call, I was like, I actually just don't know if I'm going to be able to speak to her. And literally we're after speaking for the last, I don't know, like 10, 15 minutes. And it's just, it just feels like best friends catching up. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, Honestly, thanks so much for having me on. Oh my God, I'm just so, so excited. So you were actually the first guest of the podcast for 2023. I've had, I've been doing solo episodes for the last like four to five months and you're actually the first guest to have on. And I'm actually like so honoured because- I feel so honoured. (laughs) Oh my God, thank you so much. But yeah, I'm just really, really looking forward to this conversation because I've been loving your content so, so much. Obviously for as long as I've been following you, but definitely over the last like, I would say three to four months, um, definitely from a personal level as well. And any of the pre any of my podcast listeners will know kind of like the journey I've kind of been on over the last while. Um, but I suppose for anyone that doesn't know you, which they should because you're iconic, but for anyone that doesn't know you, Gal, do you want to give like a brief introduction of who you are and yeah, I suppose like everything about you? Brief introduction. <laughs> yeah, okay. So so I'm Vic. I'm from Manchester. I feel like I'm picture myself for a dating dating website um and yeah at the minute I'm a content creator and a mindset confidence coach and founder of the glow up project um my big mission with everything that I do whether it's my the stuff that I post on social media or whether it's um the stuff for the glow up project it's to empower women to see that the real glow up is an inside job like I'm all for getting glam I'm all for taking care of yourself but I I know from my past and from everything that has kind of shaped me into where I am today that if you don't do the inner work then you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be truly confident and truly content. So um, that's my mission with women to help them do their inner work and help them to grow inside and create foundations based off of their own opinions and their own thoughts of themselves and their own clear idea of who they are as opposed to everything that the world has told them that they are so so yeah I guess to get to this point I uh, trained as a dancer like you Mm -hmm. and in my third year I developed an eating disorder because I was just so wrapped up in getting this like kind of perfect body for auditions because in third year we go to auditions and being a perfectionist I was never going to be able to just just kind of set a bit of a goal weight or a goal body I, I didn't have a goal weight because I had no idea about there was I had no concept of weight to be honest it was just all I, I just want abs and I want like the ballet bod which was just super skinny and their bodies are like that naturally mine wasn't I'm just quite like muscular so so yeah I went on this kind of pursuit for the perfect body for the dance world and ended up developing anorexia um also at the time social media was very clean eating vibes so I developed orthorexia as well so I had this obsession with clean eating clean which is so wild um and then I went in started my recovery a couple of years later and thought I was recovered but then I went into bikini competing and I to be honest, but in my first comp, I loved it. I love being up on stage again because at this point I've stepped away from, from um, 
the dance world. I love being up on stage. I didn't find the prep so hard. Obviously, I've literally just like starved myself through an eating disorder. So the prep wasn't so difficult for me. Mm. And then, but then I ended up having to compete for a year because I, th- I did a first competition in like May and then I qualified for the finals. So the finals were at, were at the end of the year. So then my coach was like, well, you might, there's no point in you, you know, putting all the weight back on to then have to start your prep all over again. We're just going to try to maintain you. But over that time, my body was just like so stressed. My hair was falling out. I didn't have periods. And I started to recognize that this was just another eating disorder. But I think the thing that made it so difficult was that I was winning trophies for having this eating, this like eating disorder. So yeah, I after that last comp, I decided to step away from competing. I just knew it wasn't good for me. And then I I, I was already into personal development, but I wasn't fully letting it sit. And at that time, I recognized something needs to change. Like changing my body is not the answer to what's going on for me. And actually what's going on for me is a complete external projection for what's going on for me internally. So I need to really start to deal with what's actually happening for me in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then I guess it's just been a very, very long journey of healing and I'm in a place now where I genuinely believe like the healing never stops. Like the more you dig, the more you learn about yourself, the more things start to open up. And then as you level up, there's more things that you're exposed to and you recognize more insecurities. And um, yeah, so yeah, that's where I am today. That brings us to where we are now. Where we are right here, but it's, you know, it's obviously like with the whole competing side and obviously I think like, you're first of all so brave to even be so open and honest about it actually and I think for yourself to actually recognize what you went through because a lot of people are in denial or incomplete in that bubble that they don't actually see what they're actually doing to themselves and if they are like developing um a disorder and it's definitely not like talked about enough as well like even currently because I'm still even though I just competed last year, I'm still very much like in the know of competing and stuff like that. And I see there's some girls, some guys who who do have disorder, disordered eating and like, ve- again, very much well aware to it when I went into competing um, of what it entailed of and stuff like that as well. But like even now that I've kind of slightly stepped, I pretty much have stepped away from competing now. And I can thankfully say like touch wood that I like I've a you know, good relationship with food or whatever. But like I can see there's so many people out there that I'm like, they, they they don't even know what's ahead of them in their future because like it's so focused on, right, I'm doing this now. These are the shows that I'm doing, but they're not even seeing where where they could be in five, ten years time as well. And obviously from a female female perspective, like, you know, again, trying to maintain such a low level of body fat for that time. And again, totally understand with the way the shows would have been uh, kind of done at that time is still the standard now if you do in shows in later on the year, they do wait until the end. It's obviously very, very hard. Losing your period, again, that kind of is seemed like a normal thing with competing. I went through it seven months, I think. I think it was six or seven months uh, last year with no, with no period. Thankfully, I got it back. Some women take longer. And I think, again, there's a lot of different things about competing now that, you know, it's, yeah, I feel in, like I, I do, I will say, like I, I think it was a, great chapter of my life I learned I did learn a lot about myself obviously there is some people like that have that good have good and bad experiences but how 
how do you feel about like competing now um as such like do you like do you still think it's absolutely messed up and it should be like a like abolished if you will or is it kind of like it's just not for you and you just kind of like are choosing to kind of mute that part of your life right now oh I think I like I'm all for people doing what they want to do with themselves and their bodies mm-hmm. um I think when it comes to the competing world to get to the condition that you need to be in to get on stage it's not healthy and I think the thing that I feel that like upsets me most about competing is a lot of people will look at people who compete like I know when I was competing people would look at me as as though I was the absolute idea of health Mm. but in reality I was the least healthy I've ever been like maybe not not as bad as um when I had the eating disorder but I was not healthy yet people really presumed that I was healthy because of the way that I looked and I think if there was more if there was more openness around those conversations because you know the amount of um ex-bikini girls or girls who are still competing who want to stop but they feel so trapped like if if I start to put on weight and I don't have like abs anymore and um you know all of that then they're scared that they don't know who they are anymore and like if you're in that place it's very clear that there's disordered eating going on and there's like a struggle going on for you mentally and I think maybe if the bikini world was more not even just bikini like bodybuilding world was more open about the mental um what's the word just like the, the mental kind of like I suppose like effects that it can yeah. have like physical yeah. mental physical and mental effects as such as well and I yeah no I, I I agree with you like I think definitely with like that it's with even when I was in prep everyone thought that I was healthy and I'm like I am absolutely miserable I'm on the lowest amount of food you could ever imagine I was barely I was not seeping because obviously my body was just completely like in a stale like kind of like place like they're like people think that that's deemed healthy just just because you go to the gym like whatever three to four times a week does not deem yourself as healthy as well so I do agree with you with that point well I do feel like we're I don't know when or if as like you said if people will start being a little bit more open I do feel like people are but it's still not enough um because yes bodybuilding is a sport if you will again people can deem it a sport or not but like it's not like any other kind of sport it's not like the olympics it's not like running or whatever it's it requires so much more um sacrifices as well and i think like health men- mental both mental and physical as well um as well and i think and i don't know whether you experienced it as well and i don't know whether this was one of the reasons why fitness played such a big part in your life as well was you know when you were doing all these activities the high extremes and stuff like that who were you looking for validation from? Was it other external people? Because I know when I was in prep, what I experienced, and this is again upon reflection now, months on, when I was in prep, I had loads of people DMing me. I had loads of people like messaging me on Instagram and it was all great. And I was getting all this like support. I'm now 
whatever few few months into like you know past like I'm now at a very very healthy weight I'm actually probably the heaviest I've been ever and I feel bloody amazing I'm feeling really really comfortable my own self um but now I'm not getting the same gratification and I kind of realized okay what did I get into competing for that kind of like support or just kind of like attention I suppose but what what do you like I suppose as you said you mentioned with the whole dancing side of things it was kind of like you wanted to kind of like obviously get auditions stuff like that as well so do you feel like it was all external you need that kind of like attention to feel accepted by society like I don't know if that was something you experienced as such yeah I think so I recognized um I guess in therapy that both my eating disorder and getting into competing for me was because I felt out of control of some areas of my life Mm -hmm. like when I got into competing I'd just become a personal trainer and I was so shy and had the fear of going up and trying to get clients and you know stuff like that and I'd already I always placed so much worth on my appearance um I genuinely for the bulk of my life felt like it was the most important thing about me. It was, it was the only reason why people liked me. And so when I felt so out of control in the personal training thing, in the personal training stuff, I had in my head, okay, well, if I can just um, prep for a photo shoot, that was, that was the plan, a photo shoot. I can start to control my food again, but people won't be concerned because it's not an eating disorder and I'm still going to be eating. Um, if I can control that, then I can control my body because that's the one thing that I feel I have going for myself. Then I'll start to feel better. I won't feel as like chaos, like chaotic in my life. So that was when I got into competing. So I, I contacted a coach to do a photo shoot. And it was only, I think it was about two, two or three weeks after um, like being in prep, he said, why don't you do a competition? And I was like, what the hell do you do? Like, cause I saw, this was so long ago. This was coming up to eight years ago. Wow. So it was right at the beginning of, I guess, women getting into lifting weights in the UK. Like I followed a lot of American people and they were all into the, you know, girls who lift and counting your macros and all of that stuff. So I was seeing people like that doing it, but not really people in the UK. But anyway, I, I that's why I ended up getting into competing. But then I, I do think the thing that kept me there was I did. I, I had my social media at this point because I started my social media in my recovery from eating disorder. So then so I still had it. Um, I mean, obviously, I still have it today, but I it was part of the journey, like part of the thing that I was sharing was the bikini competing and the amount my following was going up in that time was just crazy. And yeah, it was like the amount of likes I would get, the amount of comments, the amount of praise um, was 1000% a thing that kept me going. And I remember towards the end of me competing, even though I was like texting my coach before the final saying that I'm not doing it. I just want to stop. Like, this is not good for me. I was literally, I remember hip thrusting and just crying my eyes out because I didn't want to be there. But he was just like, you're so close, just do it. So I ended up doing it. But I remember thinking after, after that last comp, oh my God, like what if people don't, like me anymore what if people don't follow me anymore like I'm not going to be aspirational with a eight pack of abs like 
like what am I going to offer to the world if my like because at that time appearance was the most important thing to me and it and it genuinely I did feel like it was the only thing I I offered so if my appearance started to become any less I guess like a superior I think there's like a superiority in competing because it's like look what I can do with my body sort of thing um then you know who who will still want to follow me who will still like me and so yeah I think I can definitely definitely relate to that and right now I suppose like do you regret anything or do are you actually in a very weird way thankful because it's led led you to where you are now in terms of the mission that you're on in terms of like like as in like are you kind of you know you went through that chapter but obviously it's allowed you to be here and like in terms of like if you feel like right now you're living your life or one of your life purposes um as well like how do you feel like because obviously talking about that and again like obviously as you said you're still healing as well and of course like you're probably going to be healing for the rest of your life in you know maybe not at different extremes and stuff like that as well but you know when you look back at that chapter of your life how how does it make you feel now and knowing that like like do you feel content knowing that like you're right now at present you're in a be- better place which obviously look I know you are but obviously beside the internal healing that you're probably still doing but in terms of like what you're doing now in terms of like helping women now how does that make you feel when you kind of like think back to where you were eight years ago versus now yeah I think um I don't regret it because I know that I'm someone who like I, I couldn't just have somebody sit here and tell me um that's going to be really detrimental to your mental health it's going to be really bad for your body I'm somebody who I have to experience it myself and that's the only way that I learn whether something is going to be good or bad um, for me and so I don't regret doing it there's there's like elements of that time in my life that I do have regrets for like a big one was um I ended up stepping away from my I guess my my group of girls who had been my my best friends like all through high school and because I was on this prep and I was just so wrapped up in my own world and in my own bubble I ended up you know not going out with them anymore and I just wanted to sit at home because I was so tired all the time and I feel only now eight years later am I starting to rekindle those friendships and recognizing now like how valuable those girls are to me and how much I missed out on those friendships because of competing mm-hmm. um so yeah that's I I don't regret doing it but there's the regret of what I lost and what I missed out on because of it um but as you say having gone through that experience I now am able to recognize the importance of friendships and recognize the importance of you know if somebody if somebody decides to diet or kind of go on to some kind of weight loss journey that's gonna require restriction or not being able to socialize all of that I'm able to help people from that place like like everything that we go through we learn and like if you're like 
you and me were able to pass that knowledge on to people and I think there's something really beautiful in that and and for that I'm grateful for the experience yeah like I know it's such a it was such a dark time for you and it's what it's hard to kind of like probably look back and think oh god we you know it's we you cannot exactly be grateful for it but as I said it's led everything happens for a reason and as you said now and like before we start recording like hearing you talk about what you're hoping what you are doing right now for women and the things that you're going to even achieve this year like it's just it's just incredible like it really really is because there's not enough people that are like you in this world who just really as you said like make people see that that self-love and confidence comes from the inside and I think a lot of people think like okay when I change this about myself when I get down to this dress size or this way in the scale then I'll be happy and I'm like and I keep telling my own clients I'm like you're you're not and like nobody wants to hear that but I'm like you need to hear the truth because you and I have been through the external validation we've been through the external changes and now it's like right now with where we are in our lives it's kind of like we're doing the internal stuff that internal healing as you say and like it's not with internal healing it's not you get to like one point you're like oh I'm done now it's like okay where's my certificate it's like no it's going (laughs) a lifelong thing um as we grow and as we change and stuff like that as well but like right now I suppose like what like you know what does like healing look like for you now I suppose like as well like do you like is still going to therapy or like what kind of like healing is that you do now at the moment to kind of help yourself um so I have therapy I have therapy every other week and that's not it's not um you know like in the past when I had an eating disorder I had to go like it was a it was a must whereas now it's just something that I want to have in my life so now I like choose to go to therapy and I do it every other week and whether it's a space for me to sit and kind of rant whether it's a space for me to where I've acknowledged I've been triggered in a situation so we can chat through that um, mm-hmm. or whether it's just a space for me to have for myself to actually process my emotions like I'm such a I feel so deeply and I have the inability to switch off other people's emotion like well, to detach other people's emotions from my own so I carry a lot mm-hmm. and therapy is my chance to be able to process and let those emotions go whether it's through like crying or through kind of like tapping work um so I do that I also journal a lot I find so much power in that and and always say to people like if if therapy isn't something that you can you can have right now journaling is so good like just getting your pen to paper and just writing down what's going on in your thoughts like a lot of the time like with therapy it's very rare that your therapist is like offering you advice it's just the act of talking and coming to your own conclusions and you can do that through journaling so that's a really important part of my life but I think because I've I've done so and I and I really see the value in the inner work I am now in a place where I'm like really self-aware I'm very aware of if you know if somebody does something and I feel an internal way like sadness or anger or I feel if I feel a certain way I'm very aware that it's not because of them it's not because of what they did or what they said it's because of something has been triggered with inside me and then I'll go and try to do the work around that whether it's through journaling or through therapy and yeah I think the more the more I'm able to 
figure out those triggers and um yeah all of that side of stuff the more I'm able to build in confidence and self-esteem and just in being sure and in knowing who I am yeah which I think is so incredible because like I have told so many of my clients to start journaling and some of them are like oh I don't know what to write and I'm like if you don't know what to write that means you have a lot to write and that's what I always say like even for me myself I've actually been consistently doing it the last like three mornings and I'm like okay I'm actually finally getting into the rhythm of it because I've I've seen so many of my own clients and you probably have as well like people who start journaling and they have these breakthroughs they have these realizations they have been like I said become more self-aware as well and that's how we grow in terms of like helping our self-esteem our self-love our relationships with ourselves and like I think journaling is is has been like a massive game changer for a lot of us as well and again how we heal based on whatever traumas that we've been through like in life as well you actually have a the globe journal as well if I'm right yeah yeah I have a journal I forget about that I'm I'm the worst person at like marketing myself like honestly I just I forget about things I've created and then never talk about it ever again but yeah I have I have the globe journals and the reason why I started I created the journals was because I was so into journaling but like you said there's so many people who want to journal but have no idea what to write about or they they make it way too complex than it needs to be so I wanted to create something that could like help people get into journaling just by, you know, having prompts to answer and mm-hmm. little kind of exercises to work through for different things. So, so yeah, I, I, I do find if you're struggling with the brain dumping thing, even though there's so much power in that. And I do, I do think at some point it's good to get to the stage where you're able to um, just kind of dump your thoughts Mm. starting off with prompts and it doesn't just have to be like my journal you can literally type into google like journaling prompts for self-love journaling prompts for low self-esteem like this you can get them so easily but victoria we're gonna hype people up we're gonna make people buy your journal instead you need to be be confident with selling your own product so guys i will leave a link to victoria's journals in the show notes so you can go go support victoria that's what we're all here for (laughs) thank you but obviously as well as obviously like the journaling and stuff um in terms of how you now work on let's say your own confidence um your self-esteem your self-love what are other tools besides journaling and therapy that you that have helped you maybe that because I think a lot of people when they think about self-care people are like oh that's face mask or that's the bubble bath I'm like those are great but not everything can be about that as well so what are tools that you've used maybe over the years or stuff that you do now that you're like, these are things that I incorporate daily, weekly, monthly, whatever that help you feel like you, feel like Victoria, feel fulfilled, feel vibrant and just oomph. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think a huge one is setting boundaries and having boundaries and understanding what your boundaries are mm. and also recognising that boundaries uh you can have boundaries with other people, but you can also have boundaries with yourself. And I think there's so much power in having those boundaries, creating those boundaries, also recognizing that boundaries and to build a wall to keep people out. Boundaries are there so that you can deepen your friendships and deepen your relationships because you're acknowledging what you need in those connections and also acknowledging what you need within yourself and the more that you can stick to those boundaries the more that you show up for what you need 
that's where confidence is built. Like if you have, say, say you have a friend who you keep planning on going for a coffee with and you keep getting to the cafe and the friend keeps canceling over time, you're going to lose trust in that person. And so, so, you know, then, then you've lost confidence in them. The same goes for you. The more you say, right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to not go on my phone after nine o'clock at night. I'm going to read every morning. I'm going to journal every day. I'm going to drink like a liter of water every lunchtime. If you say you're going to do those things and then you don't show up for those things, you are losing trust and confidence in yourself. And the only way that you can start to build that self-trust and self-confidence is by showing up for yourself. A lot of the time we will only show up if we've got somebody to show up for whether it's a friend or a partner or um like a meeting a work meeting you need to treat yourself like you would treat the people around you and show up for the shit that you say you're gonna do and Mm -hmm. I genuinely think that's one of like the biggest most important foundations of building your confidence on like I guess like a an addition to that is I'm so big on taking yourself out like go out of you like get get yourself dressed up for yourself feel stunning and then take yourself out for whether it's like a brunch or take yourself out for dinner take yourself out for a glass of wine or take yourself out for a coffee I think those kind of situations where you're showing up for yourself but you're also like just showing yourself the love that you would give to to other people. I think it helps you build character and it helps you to form your own opinions and and just understand like what you're good at, what you're not good at, because you can't rely on somebody else to help you navigate it. Like you've got to do it for yourself. So yeah, those are like really big things for me. I love that because as I always say, and I don't know whether I've seen this or else I'm going to copyright myself, but the longest the most important relationship you will ever have in life is with yourself because you were the only person you were going to spend the rest of your life with regardless of partners or kids or your family or whatever like you you are literally stuck with you for life you are your own soulmate and I think that's as you said treat yourself like you like you are your soulmate give them the love the attention the support that that person would need so and I do believe in that like I am all about taking like doing solo dates and all the kind of jazz because like but again like some people would say to me be like how do you do that I'm like well, if you don't do that, that's, you You know, it's, it's a, again, recognizing you actually have a relationship with yourself as well. And I think that's how confidence does really come about. But to you, because obviously you, you are a confidence coach. What does confidence mean to you? So I always say, and I think I've put this quote out on my social media multiple times. So anytime people, new people follow me, they're going to see this quote at some point in my page um I always reiterate that confidence isn't just being like the loudest person in the room or being the person who can get up and talk in front of everyone or um you know have themselves fully seen that's not confidence to me I think confidence is when you're able to show up as your most authentic self and if your most authentic self is somebody who's quite introverted and quite you know they like to sit with their own thoughts they like to speak only when they feel they have something really valid to talk about. Maybe that person is someone who's a really good listener as opposed to a speaker. If you can be that person and own it, so like do being that person and not questioning like, oh gosh, like what is that person thinking of me because I'm not speaking? Like, does everybody think I'm boring? Does everyone think I'm really shy? 
but just being that person and being like, this is, this is me, this is who I am. And you take it or you don't take it. But also if you're somebody who's quite extroverted, you love to be seen, you love to talk, doing that and owning it, not, not questioning, do people think I'm too much? Um, you know, having all of those kind of internal self, self battles. I think when you're able to just master the art of being yourself, that's confidence. Yeah. That is such, I, def, I definitely probably have seen you put up that quote somewhere as well. I definitely have talked about that as well because it definitely sounds so familiar as well. But like, I do agree. And I think like, I think with confidence, again, it's not by just you wake up one day and you're like, it clicks. It takes a lot of time. It takes, again, the dedication, the inner work involved to kind of get you to that place as well. Because people might look at us and think like, oh, we're radiant and confident all the time. But like, it's it's been a journey to get here and it's still a journey it's still like you know there's going to be days where we you know don't want to get out of bed there's days where we you know don't feel 100% ourselves but again it's still showing up and I think that's the main thing as well I think a lot of people just you know if they if it's not perfect all the time it kind of like worries them and stuff like that as well but I suppose like one of the key things that kind of like as you were talking about that as well I think and probably the one of the reasons why I think a lot of people aren't we be confident is the whole fear like there's a big fear of people being like oh well what people say what would people think whatever so like if someone was looking to maybe for anyone that might be listening whether they're thinking about doing something different in their life they want to start a new chapter they want to pick up something new or whatever what advice would you give to someone if this girl let's say we're going to talk about a girl because obviously we work with females you know there was this girl and she was like you know, wanted to do something, but she was scared about what other people would think, what other people say, or there's just this fear that she didn't have the confidence to do it. What would you tell her? Um, I can't remember who who said this, but it was in a book that I read or a podcast I listened to, and he says that you have to learn to dance with fear. Um, like fear isn't a brick wall that you hit and then you can't go past. Like fear is this this thing that's going to exist is always going to exist. There's fear in everything. There's fear in everyone in multiple situations. And instead of seeing it as this block and this, this thing where you have to stop and turn around because it's not safe anymore, you can learn to exist with fear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's always going to be people who are going to judge you. There's always going to be people who are going to want to talk you down. And, I think once you recognize, and like the, the only way I I learned to recognize this was, was noticing when I was judging people, noticing when I was wanting to talk someone down from something they wanted to do. And it was all because I felt, I felt inferior. It was because I felt like they were going to be doing better than me. It felt like, um, I felt like they were like, what if they, embarked on this new journey and I got left behind it was all about myself so when it comes to doing something for yourself you have to recognize those who are judging those who are trying to talk you down it's got nothing to do with you it's it's got everything to do with what's going on for them internally and that is none of your business so yeah I guess it's just like that internal you just have to remember internally the facts of people judging and also learn to just dance with this element of fear. I also love the um, 
I always forget words for absolutely everything. Can't remember what it is, but it's like fear is like false evidence appearing as real. Um, yeah. A lot of the time, fear is literally made up in our own heads. It's completely just this mental thing that has just like expanded out of nowhere. And we have the ability to recognize what is the false evidence? Like, is this actually a fact? Is this fear a fact? Sometimes the fear might be a fact, like that something might have happened, but does that mean that you you have to use that as a block now? No, you can learn to still live and still exist with fear. Yeah, like I always say like fear should be something exciting because it's stepping outside of your comfort zone. It is allowing you to grow. And if, like I always say to people, I'm like failure is always a good thing. I always see, I always see failure as that. I'm not saying it's amazing, but I'm like, see it as, an opportunity for growth see it as an opportunity to change things up to a reevaluate to reset like failure can bring you it may as a, a kind of something that I felt over the last something I felt over the last like, two to three months is that rejection is redirection and I'm that's like kind of like one of the biggest things I kind of took away from January kind of when I was reflecting on January as a whole and everything that I kind of went through in January and like how I'm like entering into February I was like everything I was rejected from in January is like actually redirecting me into like a much more um different place. And it's just, and it's exciting as well. So again, it's always taking that as an aspect of like, everything will happen the way it's meant to be as well. And if you don't, if something doesn't come to you right now, it may come to you at a different point. And again, there will be a reason why um as well. But like, yeah. So, but like Victor has been so much value like added into this podcast is actually just incredible like I can honestly probably talk to you for another like five hours <laughs> um let's just kind of finish things up with talking about what what is 2023 going to look like for you the global project what are you like what goals have you set in place that you can or can't say or you know what are you hoping that this year will bring for you like Victoria yourself even besides the business I guess there's the business side of it as well but also you yourself, what are you hoping to feel or achieve um, this year as well? I think for me, this year is all about like self-expansion. Um, I know, well, like you'll know from this conversation, my social media and like my presence online has gone from having an eating disorder to competing to then I was just kind of into fitness. Whereas now I'm very much into like I just love everything to do with like mindset or just being unapologetically yourself and going through those transitions especially online when you've got thousands of people watching you people do not like you to change people want to keep you in a box and then the minute you start to tip a toe out of that box they're like whoa this like this isn't who I follow like this isn't like who you used to be seven years ago. And I can I can often get into this like really conflicting headspace where I'm like, oh, like should I should I be going back and like doing some of that stuff? Because that's that's what some people want from me. But no, what do I actually want for myself? And like where am I going now? I'm not who I was seven years ago. I am who I am now. And I think it's 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 like it it's been a kind of transition over the years, but it's this year feels like the year to really step into that and really just acknowledge who I am, where I'm at right now. And also notice that not everybody's going to be on board with the, with the space where I am right now. And that's absolutely okay. So Mm. yeah, it's just this expansion. I've had so many, um, so many ideas and so many 
half finished projects for a couple of years I've just not felt brave enough to put out into the world and this year I just feel is my year of just like fuck it like just just put it out there if it like not everything is gonna be an announcement worthy sellout not everything's gonna go as you like the best case scenario but at least if you put it out into the world you're gonna be able to say that you've done it you're gonna be able to say that you tried so yeah this year is just about like really leaning into like the fullest expression of myself and just putting stuff out there so yeah there's quite a lot of exciting things we're we're starting the podcast for um Mm -hmm. the globe project um merch I've had merchandise ready and sat in my inbox since last March like I'm ridiculous like actually ridiculous so yeah actually getting that out into the world just like finishing my projects yeah well as you said it's dancing with the fear and that's exactly yeah. what I think you were you're literally going to do what you would tell people is it is to dance with that fear it is just to do it because again if that's going to bring you fulfillment and joy like you know there nothing beats obviously finishing something as well and I think like yeah it's just gonna be a very very exciting year and I'm just so excited to see everything that you do as well but Vic thank you so much for all the value that you've provided in this um podcast as well and for anyone that kind of isn't following you right now but because again they should be where can they find you online um just victoria neve on all project uh, on all platforms what am i saying on all platforms yeah and it's neve spelled the irish way so n-i-a-m-h yeah you um, learned that about you you're half irish yes yeah i'm half irish at heart <laughs> i love it i love it but guys i really do hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you have please make sure to share in your stories tag myself and victoria um and also of course any reviews mean so so much and keep this podcast going as well but victoria again thank you so so much and guys i will see you all in the next episode thank you